0: Right. When
1: you watch a fighter That's an artist expressing themselves That's why we love certain fighters so much Because when they're fighting You're seeing a lot more than you think What you're actually seeing You're seeing their culture You're seeing their childhood You're seeing their personality You're seeing their struggles You're seeing their hard work and their suffering And you're seeing it all It's put on display And when they can do it in a really Wonderful, beautiful way it's, it's, That's why we paid good money to see it
0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Cubicle Athlete. I am the host, Derek. This is the very first episode that I recorded. It's with a good friend of mine, Brian McComb. He's a strength and conditioning coach and a boxing trainer who happens to train a few professional boxers. One of them being Ray Beltran, who's the former WBO lightweight champion. And uh, this is going to start right in the middle of our conversation, so I'm going to lead right into it. Hope you enjoy it.
1: When I started working with fighters in Beltran, I, I... You know, I would stay up really late every night just studying as much as I could, just researching and trying to find out the best combination of, of supplements and, and diet and nutrition and training and all this stuff. And what I quickly realized was that there are no, all those studies for athletes, um, it's hard to find, if any, studies relating to boxers. And boxers, boxing is a very particular sport. It's very different from any other sport. Um, and in fact what they usually use, their case studies, they always use they use cyclists and runners. And it's just completely different. So I would kind of extract what I could from these studies. So what I found is I what I had to do is I had to do the research myself. I would buy what I needed to buy and I'd go to the gym at like four in the morning and just kill myself. And then I'd figure out what worked best and then you know how what what worked best for performance and then what worked best for recovery. People, guys, would see me in the gym and like, "What the fuck? What are you doing? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you doing this to yourself?" <laughs> I'm, right. I'm doing research, man. This is I'm, this is my research, um, and it and then and then I then you find out too that not every athlete and not every person's body responds the same way. So you, a lot of it's trial and error. And then then the thing too is with fighters, is the placebo effect is huge. I could tell, <laughs> I could yeah. tell them take this, it's going to do this, you know, whatever I could, it could be, it could, I could give them a tic-tac and say, this is going to make you. <laughs> and they, you know, they'd have a great, you know, wow, that really worked. Yeah. Um, but I, if you know, and then, you know, I have guys too, that they would love to do certain things because they, they felt it really helped them. And even if I sort of doubted the, the efficacy of those, if it, they thought it was helping them, go do it. The placebo effect is real for fighters. Especially, yeah, especially for fighters, because that uh, eight to 10 week camp is really brutal. And you just want to stay positive the whole way. You want, you really want to feel like you're doing all the right things. You want, sure. you want your fighter when they're going out into the ring that night, you want them thinking, I remember Pepe used to always tell me, he said, you know what, when you're a fighter and you're walking into the ring, when you did everything right in camp, you just feel so good. You feel so confident. You can't wait to put on a show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that inner dialogue, I mean, because I, I have a huge interest in sports psychology. I think it, it relates right. to the psychology in general. And um, just your inner dialogue is so important. And I have to imagine for a prize fighter, uh, I mean, that, that it's, it's everything. So the placebo effect has yeah. to play a big role in that. There was a, a sports psychology book I, I read a long time ago. Um, it's called 10 Minute Toughness. I don't know if you ever heard of it um no. i'm trying to remember the author but uh one thing that stood out to me and i actually I, I did this for a while i don't know why i stopped i'd like to do it again but i remember he was working with uh some major league pitchers and he was always talking mm. about uh, just the importance of controlling your inner dialogue i and think illimited. i know who
1: you're talking about i think i think i know who the author is yeah I saw yeah him. He's a very interesting guy. i think i saw him on youtube but go ahead
0: yeah, yeah. So he, I mean, he was just talking about eliminating your just the negative talk that we all do to ourselves and our brains. I mean, just like right. constantly just belittling ourselves and, and doubting ourselves. And he would have these uh, major league pitchers just wear a rubber band on their wrist. He said, anytime you have a negative thought, just snap the rubber band. And <laughs> what that'll, what like that. that'll, yeah, what that'll do is it'll it'll kind of keep a track. You'll, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, Jesus, I snapped that rubber band like ten thousand times today. You know, like you're constantly right. putting yourself in this negative state. Um, and when it comes to, you know, athletic performance, I mean, you're just, you're not going to perform the best you can if you're just kind of right. shitting on yourself all day. So just I keeping, like a, tra- well, well, yeah, just keeping a track yeah. of how many times you're snapping that rubber band. He's you, like, all right, now let's just work on snapping that rubber band less and less every day. And throughout right. that exercise. I remember doing it myself and I don't, uh, this was like maybe nine years ago. I remember I had just moved to LA and, uh, I I remember maybe doing it for a couple months. And towards the end of those couple months, uh, I remember just snapping that rubber band significantly less. Um, it made me much mm. more cognizant of just how shitty I was treating myself in my head, you know? And it's probably what all right. we all, what we all do sure. for the most part.
1: I think, yeah, it's, I think our, cause our brains are, are like, the- the neurons in our brain, whether positive or negative, are like muscles. And the more you, you, the more you fire off those negative neurons, the stronger they get, and the more you're stuck there. Right. Whereas if you can, if you can fire off those positive neurons in your brain, you then you're building those, you're strengthening your positive neurons, and you're positive more often. Sure. One thing I try to do. One thing I try to. Uh, one is sort of uh, mental, psychological. The other one physical. Uh, for fighters anyway and this, this could be true for for anybody is just know that especially during a weight cut um, a fighter is you know starts to become depleted and the certain when when you become depleted uh, and especially if you're like if when you ever watch somebody um, i don't know if you've ever tried ketosis or fasting one of the things that can happen is you become you can say a keto flu or you become cranky, you know, whenever you don't eat, you become cranky, you get down because your blood sugars drop. You're not used to that state. So when fighters are used to eating, 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 and training, 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 and then all of a sudden the weight cut and they're, they're sort of breaking, they're going through, a, um, they're breaking an addiction. So, so to speak of their glycogen or whatever, they would get, they get really cranky. Fighters can get really, really cranky sure. um, during their weight cut. So well, I, I would I always try imagine, to
0: just, I can't imagine doing a weight cut before, uh, a business meeting, let alone going into like a yeah. 12 round fight. It's, it's, a, it's, right. pain to so me.
1: it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. So what I, what I would, I would really focus on is, is not only um, just cutting, making the weight, but doing it in a smart and, and, in a good way. So, so giving them the third things that they're cause trying to um, keep serotonin levels high in the brain, make sure they're taking five HTP, like really, really load up on 5-HTP supplements for their, um, for their brain during other nootropics to keep their brain, to keep them from getting pissed and, and upset and negative. Try to keep them positive, you, but, but not just saying, hey, stay positive, snap that rubber band. Right. It's more like Chemical. give them the tools, the, the, phys- the physiological, the hormonal tools that they need to stay positive. Right. Um, the other thing too is uh, it's really important in, in any endeavor, I think in life, whether it's athletic or um, anything like business. And it's, this is something that I like to use that the uh, Stoke philosophers use called premeditatum alorum, the premeditated bad. Always just anticipate what can go wrong. Here's what we want to do. We want to, was day one of a 10 week camp or day one, eight week camp. We're going to plan to do this, this, and this, and this. A million things can go wrong. What are they? And then you kind of, you have all those things that can go wrong and then you have a plan for so the that comes up. It's not like, oh fuck. Right. What are we gonna do? It's, okay. There's that thing we knew this was possible. Boom. This is what we're gonna do. Boom. You fix it. So then you don't. You don't have. And then during the weight cut, you know all the bad things that can happen during the weight cut. So what's the plan? You know, how are you gonna deal with it? Pramada It's it's that's very, very useful for anyone yeah. doing doing anything. It also kind of helps it um, that way when you see a danger that, it, that comes and it's you've anticipated it. you feel like you're really playing a game and you're winning the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I
1: like also,
0: else, I'm, I'm sure as a as a pro fighter. I mean, without that, you can't wing that shit, right? You, you got to have a mean, a lot there. of
1: guys try. Well, the thing is, a lot of guys try, and and I always I always looked at it during the the weight cut week. It's brutal, also, because we we fly out to some other city. We're in a hotel. And they, they make these, uh, the fighters do all this media stuff, you know, press conferences, media, and they're just struggling.
0: But they got to <laughs> yeah. go to all these. Yeah.
1: These, they got to do all, they got to, they got to, you know, which they, they got to do it for the business. So they got to do it. And we complain about it. But then I, I, I quickly realized, you know what? The other guy has to do it too. So that means every one of these things is a challenge. Every th- one of these little things, I had a coach tell me once that every battle is won before it's fought. So every one every little things that we have to do get through this week is a challenge. But if we do it better than the other guy, if we find a way to get through this better than that guy, that gives us a little bit of edge. Every little, I, I would always say to my fighters, you like a, a Formula One race car. And every little thing that you do, it's a, it may be like a millimeter here, you know, with the, the structure of the, the car. If you, if you turn it a little here, you, you save a millimeter here, you, you move this a little inch here. At the end of the fight, at the end of 12 rounds, at the end of the race, that's 100 meters those things add up. You you pay attention to all those little things, all those little details and over a 12 round world title fight, those things add up.
0: I I think that kind of brings us into a line of questions here that I had for you. And uh, one of the things that I really wanted to, to get out of you is what it's like putting together a training camp for a professional decorated fighter. That's got to be, You know, I had another question here where it was like, are there new skills to be learned um, for a fighter like Ray, uh, or is it more so like sharpening those skills that were already there? Because you kind of touched on it. You said maybe it wasn't skills, but it was more so strength and conditioning, like kind of strengthening his base and his footwork.
1: That's Uh, that's a really good question, and there's a lot of different. um, It's not just one yes or no. It's it's a um, there's a lot of layers involved in the answer in that question because. So, so for for the skills, yes, there's always you can always improve your skills. Um, even if you got all the skills right, you make them more automatic. I mean, even Tiger Woods, at his at his prime, had his coach standing over him every practice shot, saying that eh, nope, eh, yes, nope, yep. You know, so you 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 can always get better. I I came up with the saying a couple summers ago that if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Right. And I think that's true in anything. So you have to always be striving to get better. Um, this, so even if he has certain skills, keeps, keep, keep those skills, even keep them sharp and you're leaving a little bit sharper and just, if they're already there, make them more automatic. Um, then there's always little flaws.
0: Um, everybody has some flaws. Making them more uh, automatic. Is that just more so like the repetitiveness? like keep doing those. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You, you basically, I, th- I feel the way I look at it is I want my fighter to, a fighter should, when they're in the ring, it should be like they're playing a video game. And when they see something, they just press a button, right hand, right. They just press a button. They don't have to think about, Oh, I got to get, let me turn my shoulder so then I can push off the impact foot and turn my hips, throw my right hand. Right. They should at that point, it's just, you're just pressing buttons. Uh, Which you is know, why the remote people control.
0: in, uh, you know, the military or in the police force, they, they, there's always those, uh, you know, gun training. It's like when you're in a firefight, right. a lot of people just, yes. I mean, all logic goes out the window and you, you freak
1: out. And they say it's the training. It's just the training. That's the training just took over. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There was a, just a to touch on that, I'm trying to remember the name of the book. I, I want to say it was just called fear. Um, and there was a story of, I think it was a, a gunfight uh, that was, I don't remember when or where, but one of the cops uh, got shot, killed and, in the autopsy, they found that his trigger finger, all the tendons were just blown out. And once, what happened was, when he ran out of bullets, he just kept squeezing relentlessly uh, on the trigger, and just because, like, all his, you know, motor functions were just the, the logic right. was gone. So, like, he didn't right. think, "Oh, I'm out of bullets, got to reload." Like, he's in the middle of the most intense fight of his life, and all his, his yeah. body thought was, "Keep squeezing, keep squeezing," and just the tendons blew out in his finger um right so that might be someone you know, who didn't do
1: enough yeah, training yeah, sure yeah or just there some some people too they just i don't know if it's developed or environment or or, or natural or whatever but some people just under pressure they they don't perform as well as other people a lot of fighters there's a sort of a saying in fighters i'm not saying but it's just common knowledge in boxing that there are those fighters who are just in the gym. They're animals. They're great, man. You watch them spar, like, wow, this guy's got a future. But then for some reason, you put them under the lights on Saturday night, Friday night, and they just say, what the hell happened, man? They they just clam up or they can't yeah. perform. But then there are other fighters that um, they don't always look great in the gym. But they're not working on stuff. And, like, for example, uh, like Kevin Canelo, I've seen little clips of him sparring it's not them crazy. I mean, he look. You could tell it's Canelo and stuff. But then when that guy shows up to fight, man, he fucking fuck, shows up to fight. Jose Ramirez, I remember him. At, uh, we used to spar with him a lot, and uh, I I quickly realized that he's at the when he's sparring. This is smart, and I really respect him for this. Like when he's sparring, he's working on stuff. He's working on things. He's working on tactics and moves and stuff. And when you're doing that, you're not always performing the best because you're trying to prove certain things. So he, he wouldn't always look. He always looks great. But it would, some days, he just wasn't always, you know, whatever. But when that guy shows up for the fight, he shows up. I yeah. Beltran is that way, too. He He's one of those guys under the lights, man. He just, he brings it. Something they're they're fighters. They just can't, they,
0: yeah.
1: They're performers. They're great performers. Right. Um, but sometimes, yeah, When you, sometimes you have to, uh, it, this, is, this is important. I think this is, um, people can, anyone, not just athletes, can uh, learn from this and appreciate this is that, When you go through that sort of, uh, there's a transition phase when you're trying to improve and you have to kind of let go of your old um, crutches, things that you know can kind of get you to a certain level. You have to let go of those to force yourself to expand and to grow and to, and to, to get better, to build a bigger foundation so that you can build a taller building. One of the best examples of this and one story that I admire so much is when Remember when Tiger Woods first came out and he won that Masters when he was like 21 years old. He won by like 20 strokes.
0: Right. And he
1: was, he, was the, he was the man. He, was, he just came out and was like, wow, this guy's the man. And he won all these tournaments. He was great. No more one in the world. And then he kind of for about a year, he, he wasn't winning. And a lot of people were saying, ah, he's a flash in the pan. He's done. But what he was doing was he noticed that when he took his backswing, he was taking a little flat. He's taking it, pulling him back to the side. It wasn't going straight back, and it was affecting his his accuracy. So he made a conscious effort to bring his, his swing, change his backswing, and it he did it knowing that it was going to affect his his game at the time. But in the long term, it would make him even better. After a year of doing that, he fixed it, and then he just he won four majors in a row. Right. So he 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 wasn't satisfied with even being the best in the world. He knew. Like I said, he knew that if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Right. So he, he decided, I have to fix this because so I want to get better. To, I have to it, get
0: better. It's kind of a, a one step back, two steps forward. Yeah, right. exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That's what why he's a total legend. Sure. Yeah,
0: I get uh, one way to, to tie this into, uh, you know, being a quote unquote cubicle athlete. I used to snowboard a lot and I don't know how knowledgeable you are of snowboarding, but...
1: Um, not very well, but I used to ski a lot.
0: Okay, so yeah, so snowboarding, I'm, I, I ride goofy, so my, my, my right foot is uh, the front foot, and going backside would be the other way, you know, I'd have my left foot going forward, which is very okay. awkward feeling um, for, you know, novices or amateurs, at least, and uh, right. but yeah, I remember doing one whole day, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to ride backside, just keep my, my left foot forward. And that whole day, I mean, I sucked. You know, I looked like shit. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was. It looked like I I just didn't know how to snowboard, even though I've been snowboarding for years. Um, But towards the end of the day, I was getting better and better. And that just over time, doing a a couple of days like that here and there just made me so much of a better snowboarder. Um, Right. Yeah, exactly. Just the versatility. It's,
1: It's difficult to do that. It's difficult to let go of what kind of you're comfortable with and what what gets you through the day sure. and let go of that and get, let yourself be really feel really awkward knowing that in the long term, it's going to make it better.
0: Yeah. And you always, better. you always hear that saying like, you should, like, if you're, if you're not good at something, that's what you probably
1: should be doing more often. Right. Whether that's in, one, in of, one, of, one of my clients, one of my clients is, uh, um, and I train him from time to time. Uh, he's the owner of the gym that I work at, is Peter Burke, the, the movie director. And, uh, I, I really admire the guy because of his work ethic and he's, he's just, he's an animal and he, <laughs> he, he will come, he, like, he'll come in the train with me and he'll say, um, and I'll ask him, well, what do you want to, like, I'll never forget one time he, he comes in and I said, well, what do you want to do today, Pete? He goes, you know what? I do not want to do legs today. <laughs> so we got to do legs. Today. <laughs> that's what we're doing then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what we're like, doing. That's. He's a beast. Right,
0: right. Yeah, there was. A, yeah. This reminds me a, a mutual friend of ours, Jeremy. I was just texting with him a couple days ago. I found this um, uh, a workout program online, and I, are you familiar with a guy named edo Portel?
1: Is a kettlebell guy?
0: No, no. So he's this like I, I'm going to have a hard time describing what he does. He, like he,
1: he's like he's shaved head, shaved head, bald head. No,
0: so he's an Israeli guy with like a man bun. He does this one thing called ground swimming. It looks like capoeira, really, uh, what he does. Capoeira, okay. Yeah, yeah it, it looks like that. But it's all about just fluid movements.
1: Um, oh, nice. I like and, that. And kind
0: of- uh, I remember finding him on YouTube years ago. Anyways, uh, Conor McGregor ended up hiring him for okay. a couple training camps, actually. And, and that's uh, what I he think- was
1: doing. That uh, He would walk around
0: the ring like that. Would <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, so... No, I-, I
1: I've seen that.
0: Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I I found this training program of, I don't know, uh, you know, the first time I was exposed to this company, it it was an Instagram ad and I clicked on it and it was basically a whole program uh, based on that. Just like these like primal uh, fluid movements, no weights. And I sent it to Jeremy, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to buy this. I've never done anything like this. It's very weird. It's very awkward, but looks interesting. I'd love to try it. And he was like, man, like, He's like, you know, with my body type, I don't think, I'd, like, he was like, it'd be good for you. I don't think it'd be good for me. I was like, just the fact that you said that, I think you should do it. The fact that I <laughs> exactly. think it's not good for you, I think is why it is good for you. Um,
1: what he's really saying to you is that would be really hard for me.
0: Right, right. Which, I mean, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of things like that for me, like uh, vice versa. You know, there's there's things that.
1: I think that's a, that's a, really, that's a really good point, Alex. Sorry to cut you off, but that's a good point because oftentimes we look to do the this- things that we'll we'll be good at. We don't look to things yeah. we don't we our first lots of times our instinct is to look, hey, you know, I thought I could be really good at that. I'm gonna go do that. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, I would I would probably suck at this, so I should really go try and do that because that'll <laughs> that will really help me. For sure.
0: Yeah. I mean that's if you're if you're not doing that, there's no real growth, right? Like you're just you're always mm-hmm. gonna suck at what you suck at. Right. And I'm
1: certainly that's, guilty of that. Going back to Oh, go ahead. That's that's uh one thing that I always uh admired about uh, Beltran is that when we were working together he was he wasn't comfortable unless he was uncomfortable he he, he always, we were always looking to add something yeah to um, and we even I remember after he knocked out my cellar in the second round in Madison Square Garden he called me the next day and he's like hey bro I think that we should really change this and do that because when I was walking out in the ring I felt kind of good. we were already making plans to get how like what we, what we were already talking about what went wrong yeah you know even you know, even after a,
0: everything went we, right
1: even after a victory like that yeah. we were like fuck we, this was wrong this was wrong this was obviously we know it was right but this was wrong this was wrong this was wrong this was wrong so we gotta right. fix this right let's get this let's let's start you know uh that's yeah that's something i always really uh respected about him is that he he, he knew that in order to get better he had to he had to suffer that uh, discomfort Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny. I've, I've been doing this, uh, this weird thing the last, uh, a little over three weeks now. Um, I've been only taking cold showers and oh, yeah. uh, there was a number of reasons yeah. why I wanted cold to do therapy. It. Well, yeah, I mean it was, but it, there was a whole mental aspect to it for me. I was like, you know what? Like I, I'm just going to do 30 days of no hot water. I'm only going to take cold showers. A because I'm going to make a commitment, and I'm not going to break that commitment to myself. I'm just, I'm going to right. put myself in these uncomfortable situations, and set a challenge and stick to it. Yeah, it's very easy to back out of that. I could just turn the nozzle to hot, you know, like it's right there. Right. And every time I get in the, the the last three weeks, I get into this cold shower. Like that thought is there. And I just tell myself, look, man, like you know, you you made this commitment to yourself. Like if you break this, like you're a bitch. Don't 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 break this commitment um right. but the other thing is yeah like building some kind of resiliency like find a comfort in that discomfort um right. and it's funny i've only been doing it for three weeks with a goal of 30 days i'm like i think i'm just gonna keep doing this like I, I'm, I'm i'm starting Wait, let to me, see let
1: me if, if you let me let me throw something in there um i think i, I think that's really cool that you're doing that there, there are a lot of uh, benefits to that cold therapy and you know, you can that you, you create that thermogenic effect. You you get your brown adipose fats to to turn into like to burn the other white fat. Um, that boost your uh, testosterone levels. It boosts your immune system. But um, going on to further take one step further, what you're talking about, taking yourself out of your comfort zone, discomfort. Don't do it. Maybe go ahead and finish your 30 days, but don't do it every day because pretty soon it's going to be easy for you. It's right. going to be comfortable. Mix it up. Don't ever let it be too comfortable. You, you, The idea is to shock your system, shock your body. Right. So throw in a hot shower every once in a while, and sure. get used to that. You know, get a little bit used to hot shower. So, so mix it up a little bit.
0: That's a good idea. I yeah. heard.
1: Yeah. Don't 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 ever try not to ever get um, too comfortable with anything.
0: Right. Right. Because
1: that's when we that's when we that's when we start to um, flip a little bit. Yeah. But, but just to you know, take it or leave it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's good advice. Um, but it's funny, just having started that, I'm starting to see uh, just, uh, it's only been three weeks and a lot of other patterns are, are starting to to get developed out of it. Like, uh, I What, mean, have, what one, have
1: you noticed? What benefits have you noticed uh, from doing it?
0: Well, it, I think the biggest thing for me was the, the inner dialogue I had with myself, like, hey, you're making this commitment, you don't back out of it. Because every time you're getting into the shower, you're telling yourself, well, this is stupid. Like, why am I doing this? It's it's uncomfortable. There's a no point, you know. Right. Like, but it's like, no, like there is a point. You made a commitment and don't break it. That that's to me, that's the, the the main point. And as I'm seeing myself to to holding that commitment, there's a lot of other things now. I'm 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 having that same dialogue with other things. One of them being this podcast. It's like, hey, you always wanted to do a podcast. Uh, why don't you just fucking do it? <laughs> you know, like, and there, yeah. there's always the these reasons why you shouldn't do it like a like i don't think i'm that interesting b i don't like who who wants to listen to me C, who you know there's all sure. these things that i'm telling myself why you shouldn't do it but then you know it's like no like commit to yourself there's a lot of reasons why i should do it i think you know and and i i know people like you who can tell these uh very interesting stories and things in a realm of you know where a lot of my interests are and um And, yeah, so, you know, so I made a commitment to, hey, let's start this podcast. Let's do it. That's funny
1: you say that because I thought when you asked me to do it, I thought you shouldn't do it because nobody wants to listen to you, (laughs) Brad.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, mean, it's it's that that, uh, inner dialogue that a lot of us have with that. You know, it it goes back to that uh, book. Of
1: course. The
0: 10-Minute Toughness. Of course. Um but yeah so there's that um I'm I'm reading a lot more there was a while there where I I I you know I used to be an avid reader and I stopped for uh maybe a I remember that when you were Yeah like a couple years I just really slowed down like there was there was a few years there where I was reading maybe like 40 to 50 books a year and then the last couple of years wow. I think in the last 2 years I read like maybe like That's 10-
1: that's the last art that's the last you know people just don't read as much anymore.
0: Yeah yeah and and so, you know, 2018, 2019 together, I probably read 10 books. So I, I really slowed down and I, I, there was a number of reasons why, but, um, this year I was like, oh, I kind of want to pick it back up. And then once it's so funny that I'm tying this to taking cold showers, but the last three weeks I've been crushing books. So it's like, sure. it's, it started this, this interesting trend and maybe, you know, it's not cold showers that'll do uh, that. For okay,
1: yeah. So you, you're sort of right. That's your, it's, um, it's uh it's you you're setting a a mode of operation a mode of uh an mo yeah yeah and you know what might have and sometimes it's good sometimes sometimes it's good to just start it in one area yeah and then that that for that will then transcend it transcends into other aspects of your starts, life starts, starts apart, applying
0: up- apartment yeah right. yeah and what i'm noticing right now as i'm saying is it might not have been the cold showers that did it um because once so once the the pandemic set in The gym's closed. I couldn't go to the gym anymore. I've had a gym membership for like 15 years. It's like, all right, I guess I'm just going to work out at home. Uh, what do I do? You know, like I just know how to, I know the basics, but I was like, I've never really gone to the gym with structure. I've always just kind of winged it and that Mm -hmm. I'm realizing that only got me so far. Um, because the last two months now, I found these workout programs online. I did one of them for a month and I, 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 kind of had that same commitment to myself like, all right, you're going to do this for a month. Like, don't, don't back out of it, finish it, do it for a month. And I did it. It was fairly easy. I was like, all right, I want to find another program now. And I found one, uh, this company called the hockey It was best of both worlds. It was like these, these trainers that are uh sport specific to hockey and they developed a whole follow along program at home, no weights necessary. And so I, I bought it and uh, I've been doing that now for, three weeks or so, and uh, or two weeks. And yeah, so it's just it, it that structured program where it's telling me what to do, when to do it, how long to do it. I was like, holy right. shit, you know, like I needed that. I didn't realize I needed right. that. Like I always had the the dedication to go to the gym, to put on my, you know, lace up my shoes, get there. But once I was there, it's like, all right, like what, what machine's open? What, what uh, bench is open? Because it's always crowded. Right. That one's open, all right. <laughs> Yeah. It's
1: funny you say that because I've, what I've been doing this past year or so is trying to stay in really good shape. I'm trying to, I, I want to, as long as I can, you know, as long as I got some my youth, I want to I want to utilize what youth I have left as much as I can. So, and one thing I realized is I'm, I'm so used now to putting together programs for everybody else and I keep them structured and I have them doing this and doing that, whether it's a client or a fighter or whatever and but then i would go to the gym and i'd do, i'd show up to the gym and i would go okay i'm here now what am i doing what am i what the hell am i gonna do what am i right. working on and for the most part i you know i i kind of know what i wanted to do here or there but then i realized i'm not really um on any kind of program i'm just i'm getting my workouts in when i can yeah so I, I i started to kind of i sort of try to step out of myself for a second and i got my two I'm two people now. I'm the trainer Brian and I'm the athlete Brian, and I'm gonna have trainer Brian train athlete Brian. <laughs> yeah, I put together. I put. I kind of. I'd imagine almost. It sounds crazy, but I'd almost imagine myself standing there telling me what to do. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, do another rep, you pussy, or kind of whatever, or <laughs> you know, take a break or whatever. You it, it it actually helps. It really yeah. helps. It's, sure.
0: Uh, It's interesting.
1: It's kind of like they they say um, some people are great at giving relationship advice, but yet they're always in a toxic relationship.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of those people.
1: (laughs) Right. So so I I started to realize, geez, I think I'm a pretty good trainer, but I'm here at the gym just kind of twiddling my thumbs. Right, right. So I I I, I started, right. So I, I thought, you know, I should really put myself through my own, put myself through my own program to get a program for myself and put myself through it.
0: Yeah. Um yeah and uh, i i just think that's it's very uh analogous to to just life in general that lack of structure the lack of routine it's it's hard and i'm it's funny i'm i'm 33 and i'm realizing this now um because i think a lot of my life ha- has been you know it's not like it was chaotic it just it didn't have as much structure as it should have i think and uh sure. reali- realizing that now it's like all right time to to kind of set that structure and put in those routines that'll put me down the path and trajectory of where I want to go. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: I, that's great. Yeah. And I think that, um, as you get older too, you start to realize, um, you start to develop certain things or, or awaken to certain things that Jesus Christ, I'm just getting this now, <laughs> but yeah. you, yeah. you know, you like, but you will still I and I've spoken to my dad about this and other people like, man, you you never hopefully you never stop learning. Hopefully you never stop having those moments like geez, oh fuck now, okay, now I get it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, it never I have I have um I have tattooed on my arm. One of my tattoos is I contemplated this for a while and I said, Yeah, I'll put that on my arm. I'll have that there for the rest of my life. And what it is, it's these three axioms in ancient Greek there and I was—I don't know if I told you, this, but I was a philosophy major in college. But um,
0: I didn't know when you.
1: I there was there. There are these three uh, at the Temple of Apollo at Delphi, where the oracle was in, in ancient Greek, where they would go for you know seek wisdom, whatever. They had these uh, axioms written up on the wall, and the three main ones I think were. Um, I'll give you the what the translation and this my interpretation of each. The first one says, "To know thyself." and that i don't take that as uh you know no you gotta know what you like you, you you like to eat these you don't don't eat that you like this you don't like this you know you like to get up in the morning no it's more like if you get to know yourself on a really deep deep molecular level because we live in a holographic universe the a best way to get to know the world around you is to really get to know yourself because we we all at the at the you know, at the, at the nucleus where all it's, everything's the same, everything just manifests differently according to circumstances and things like that. So the more you can really get to know yourself, the more you get to know people around you, the world around you and, and our God or, or whatever. Um, the second one says um, nothing in excess. And I don't, think, I don't take that to be as don't eat too much, don't drink too much, don't have too much sex, those things. It's because you can usually have an excess of deficiency. So really what it means is um, it talks about balance. Everything must be balanced. Having balance is very important. It's it's like we were talking earlier before. You work hard all day. Have a glass of scotch at night to kind of wind down. That will help balance. That will help give you balance. Um, And the third one says, literally translated, it says, to make a pledge and mischief or nigh. And what that means is basically the way I take it is the second you think you got it, you're fucked. That's when you fall on your face and you stop growing. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier that, you know, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Yeah. So essentially what the third one says is that you have to always be working the first two because you'll never get it. You, you know, Always be trying to know yourself because you'll never stop learning about yourself. You'll never stop, you'll never stop learning about the world around you. And always be seeking balance because you'll never have really have it. Because the minute you balance it over here, the tips a little more of you always be seeking balance. You'll never, and you have to be okay with knowing that you'll never get it. But that's not the point. Yeah. The point is to constantly be working those two.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. uh, when you're, uh, mentioned constantly learning, uh, it makes me think of, uh, there's this guy that I play pickup hockey with. He's, he's older. He's got to be young fifties. He's, um, uh, Hasidic Jewish guy, big white beard. He always comes into the hockey rink with a, a yarmulke on. And uh, really, he's a very interesting guy. I'm, I'm always chatting up with him, and uh, he's a good hockey player. Um, but, anyways, we, we just got done playing a pickup game and we're in the locker room. And I was like, man, I, r- I really want to work on keeping my head up. There's something in, in hockey uh, a lot of guys, you know, amateurs, their head's always down when they're stick handling the puck. It's very hard to be stick-handling the puck and having your head up and looking, having ice awareness, seeing where your teammates and
1: defenders are. Getting peripheral vision. You know. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So the, you know, what I, I've been doing, especially during the last couple of months of this pandemic, I've been doing a lot of stick-handling practicing and just keeping my head up while I'm stick-handling in the garage. I got some some roller hockey skates. I'll skate around the neighborhood, stick-handling around the neighborhood with my head up. I'm always working on it, and I'm getting. It's it's. I'm actually getting a lot better. I'm I'm noticing it, especially now. Two months of doing that, almost like five or six days a week. Correct. But I so yeah. I had this conversation with this guy. It was probably like four or five months ago, and uh, I was like, Yeah, yeah I just really want to work on my keeping my head up. And he was laughing at me, and he's like, I don't know, man. And he's like, I'm I'm in my fifties. Like the way I play is the way I play. And I remember thinking, like, that's oh, such yeah. a shit mindset, you know? Like, what do you mean? Right. Like, you could literally right. just practice like ten minutes a day in your garage if you know i mean some people maybe it's not important to them they just go to play hockey to get a little bit of a release and that's it for me sure, it is important to me because that release of going to play hockey a few times a week it's more fun for me if i'm better you know so i want to get better at it but it's more enjoyable but i just i
1: think too i think i think for you too is is you're the kind of person that it's not even just the hockey you just you for you it's analogous to your entire existence in the universe it's like it's it's me getting better at hockey is like me getting really good at cold showers is me being a better citizen of you know it's like it i get it it it, it, it means more it's why why do anything if you're not going to try to get better at it well it's it's it's,
0: yeah i I think it's for me it stemmed from you know, I was, I was in, when I was younger, I was always a, just like a C average student. Um, I didn't take school very seriously at all. And when I, you know, got out of school, when I started to realize that, just like reflect on it, I was like, man, like, I really just phoned it in. Like, I didn't give a shit. Like, why? You know, like, sure. and, and after that, like throughout my 20s, it's where I started to read a lot. Before the age of 21, I probably read like one or two books. And, and then, like I said, I started to get up to like 40, 50 books a year. And I think it was just like, out of, uh, shame, embarrassment, or just like, a a, like I felt like there was a deficit there. Like, I I think it was a fear of stupidity. Like, come on, like, don't be an idiot, get smarter. You know, (laughs) like, I think that's where it came from. And I think a, a lot of like, just my, my, uh, focus on fitness and athletics, like it came from like a skinny man complex. I was such a bony little kid and so yeah it came from deficits like all right you got to get big you got to get jacked you got to take your weight gain shakes you know it kind of stemmed from that which i'm i mean i'm kind of ahead of that now um but i'm sure there's a bit of that that's still kind of fueling that fire in me to to like it's that's an
1: interesting point how uh, how sometimes our our deficiencies and insecurities are what drive us to to become excel in certain areas later on in life that's, I, 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 was, I was a, I was a um, you know, there was a, a very, you know, uh, influential period of my youth when, from like 10 to 14 when I was really fat. I was a fat kid. I was really, really chubby. I didn't, I didn't grow when my friends were going to puberty. I was late a couple of years. I was very, very chubby. and it, At the time, I didn't acknowledge that it was really having an effect on me, but I realized after, those are the years where you start to sort of develop an identity of yourself. And even to this day, you know, I can be walking around. I got a six pack, and I'm in shape, and blah, 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 But I, in the back of my head, I'm still kind of like, kind of that fat kid. <laughs> right. I always kind of feel like, and it, it, by no means does it have me with some sort of, uh, like, I, I, you know, I'm not like a, a, I don't have some problem with my weight. Like I, I it's nothing sure. like that. But it's, yeah. I'm not, it's not even driving me anymore. But it, it's kind of funny. It's I, I don't even try to let go of it. I'd like let it right. stay there because one. It's a part of who I am, and two it's it'll always keep me humble and then three it's it i don't know it's kind of funny too I mean even my my <laughs> Instagram uh, handle is fit, fat boy right, right. I, I think it's kind of funny' like, yeah. I know I, I sort of ebb and flow in my my fitness, but you know sometimes I just get shredded and i and I put in the back of my head, I kind of laugh because I think I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm still that fat kid. I'm still a fat kid <laughs> even <though>
2: I'm,
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm still a fat kid right and that's fine. Yeah, yeah yeah i'll always i'll always be that little fat kid
0: yeah well yeah and i don't think there's anything wrong with like you said you don't want to let that go like yeah why would you you know like it's
1: no i don't i don't it's, it's, i yeah. don't want to let it go i don't want to fight it it's still i still kind of see myself as a little bit as that and i don't sure. really want to let that kid go and, and yeah. um, i think it's funny <laughs> sure <laughs> like sure yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Cool man. Well, look, I, I, I have a, a lot of questions for you, and I know we've been going for a while, so I'm going yeah, to uh, skip to I'm going to skip to some of the last questions. I think I, I'd love to do this again with you at some point, and so uh, yeah, some of the other I, questions, I, I mean, I'll, I'll keep. Um, but yeah, so just to close it off, I wanted to know if there was, uh, you know, especially being a philosophy major, which I didn't know you were, um, is there a, a book, documentary, a, a movie, any any type of content or media that, that you would recommend? you know, that it could apply to athletics and health and training, philosophy, psychology, or really, you know, anything you want that you would recommend?
1: Um, one, let's see. I mean, one I think is it very um, apropos for, um, for this day and age for now. I think is good um, for, especially for men, young men, anybody, uh, but whether or not you're in brilliant into athletics or not is, is the stoicism. Yeah. Um, Stoic philosophy was a philosophy. It was a Roman philosophy. There was, um, you know, it, it sort of was an evolution of certain Greek uh, philosophies, and then it came into Stoicism. And there was, I think, at the time there was Stoicism, Cynicism. Read Marcus Aurelius' Meditations, Seneca, Shortness of Life. That's, yeah, those two. I think I think Marcus Aurelius' Meditations is, is. To be honest, I, I try to read some of that every morning or I listen to this one audio on YouTube that I listen to. It's like a brief sort of summary of it. Yeah. And I swear to God, every time I do, I just, it sets my day off on the right track every time. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's not as, um, what's the word? It's not as existential. It's it's more Aristotelian as, as, than it is sort of platonic. It's more um, practical, just straight truths. Like it's not, it's so Marcus. I don't know if you're familiar with the meditations. Or yeah. yeah. I, I haven't it. read it, but I, I'm, I've heard of right. it right what it is is Marcus, Marcus Aurelius was the emperor, often considered the greatest emperor at the height of pax Romana when 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 Rome was in just at its height when it was Pax Romana the peace, the Roman peace they were they were so strong they they had the most territory. Marcus Aurelius was a great emperor, he ruled for many years and he was very you know considered just and all these things um, and he was also a stoic philosopher and he wrote these uh, meditation reads. Uh, it's not like a book, but it reads more as like a journal to himself. And you read it and you can see that he's, he's saying, you know, stop doing this. Stop fucking around reading these stupid books. You need to get going with this. You need to keep doing this before it's too late. You know, you're getting old, motherfucker. Like you got to step it up. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and what, what's really fascinating, what's really amazing about it, is he's, he is at that moment the most powerful man in the world. And literally, and he can have anything he wants at any time. At that point, Caesar, a Caesar, a Roman emperor, could have anything they wanted at any moment. And yet, this guy took the time to sit down and write a journal, saying, "You need to be a better person. <laughs> right? You need to be. You need, you need to be. You need to be more just. you always be kind and just, but still be firm." But wow, this guy is. And the way, the way that it reads, too, is it, 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 read, it totally rings. You could have written it, you know, 20 years ago. It, it it's all applies today. And it, one thing I love about it is how it, it really shows, illustrates the um, human nature. Is, is, it's, it's universal and timeless. Right. It's a different time, a different world, well, 2,000 years ago in, in Europe and in the Mediterranean. And it's just still this exact same stuff. It's still, right. it, it, you, you replace little words, you know, for this and that, and it's the same thing. And, and the other thing I love about Stoic philosophy is that two of the great Stoic philosophers were Marcus Aurelius, who was the emperor, the most powerful man in, in all of the world, and the other one is Epictetus, who was actually a slave. You read both of their writings, and they're kind of saying a lot of the same stuff, and they have the, they both view their lives the same way. doesn't matter your circumstances, whatever it is, you deal with it. The way it is. Can you change your circumstances? Yes. Okay, change it. Can you change your circumstances? No. Okay, then don't worry about it. There's Nothing you can do. Deal with right, it. Just right. fucking deal with it. He says yeah. certain things to himself, like you know, ask yourself why you're not doing these things you want to do.
0: Yes.
1: Because if you if you answer it, if you answer it, you'll be embarrassed. You'll be, you're going to be embarrassed to answer. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's true. He. So you're you're reading this the the journal of the most powerful man in the world is like. Yep. That's just like me. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, I, I recommend, I, I think I, I've, I've noticed actually there's a lot of, you see a lot of um, quotes and stuff on, on on social media, people looking at soap philosoph- philosophers, so, but I encourage people to, um, to really read it. Don't just read the quotes. I mean, the quotes actually are great. You know, you can pull, that's one thing about meditations is you don't have to read it from cover to cover. You can put it in your bathroom every morning when you're taking a shit. Just flip it open at any point and start reading. You're like, ah, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm gonna use that today.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm actually.
1: Uh, I guess one that. other thing.
0: T- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm reading a book right now that's called The Daily Stoic, and uh, oh yeah, and, yeah, it's I've awesome. It. It's awesome.
1: Actually, it's, I think I got. I think I, I, I got that. I bought that for a friend of mine.
0: Oh, dude, it's um, it's it's great. My buddy AJ, yeah. um, who I think I I, I want to interview on here is uh he he recommended it to me a while ago and yeah you just read one page a day so every morning i read that day's page right. um it'll be uh like a paragraph at the top of the page that's a quote from marcus aurelius or it'll be from seneca right, right. a couple other stoic philosophers and then it'll just kind of go into a breakdown of what that quote means and how to apply it to your day right. and well, another uh,
1: good uh seneca one is and caridian is a good one yeah yeah um But actually the other, the other thing that I'm, I'm reading up right now is I remember this uh, studying this a little bit when I took a philosophy of aesthetics class. Um, But it's um, in the, during the Italian Renaissance, an author by the name of um, Baldessare Castiglione wrote a book called The Courtier. And in it, they, it's, uh, it's, he, they talked about what, what the perfect courtier would be. A courtier is someone who, who would sit at the, you know, on the, the the hall the, the prince or like the lord or whatever but it, they talk about what um, they use a few terms called grazia and sprezzatura and um, what I love is the one sprezzatura it's, it's literally translated it means nonchalance but what they really they talk about it's the art of concealing art and it's how when you the idea for any sort of art form and we can t- bring this back to boxing or singing or or anything but the idea when, when doing any kind of art or any sort of expression, anytime we're expressing or displaying anything, I think that's one really important thing of human. One of the, one of the purposes of life is display and expression, expression of oneself, expressions of your feelings or your, or expressions of your talents or whatever. And it's all kind of, it's you know, we, we watch a great actor or a great singer or dance or whatever. And it's, it's a, it's a great display of human talent and emotion and stuff like that. So, the, going back to the, the art of concealing art, is how do you how do you get better at some? How do you take on a task, whether it's cocky or boxing or singing or acting or laying brick or playing pool or anything? How do you how do you master that to the point where then when you display it, it's seemingly effortless. It's like when you listen when you listen or you watch an old Sinatra recording or watch him like, man, he's not even like he sounds like he's just talking to you right just like having, just having a good time just having a couple of drinks He's just technical. shooting the shit <laughs> yeah exactly but his technical ability was so good it was so sound and he would not have been able to portray that and put all the emotion into it if, it, if he didn't have that foundation of, of it's like i say i always say about boxing they call boxing the sweet science but actually i think the boxing it is a science at the fundamental level it is a science but once that those fundamentals are locked in and you have that scientific foundation, then it becomes an art form. Right. When you watch a fighter, that's an artist expressing themselves. That's why we love certain fighters so much, because when they're fighting, you're seeing a lot more than you think. What you're actually seeing, you're seeing their culture. You're seeing their childhood. You're seeing their personality. You're seeing their struggles. You're seeing their hard work and their suffering, and you're seeing it all It's put on display. And when they can do it in a really wonderful, beautiful way, it's it's that's why we pay good money to to see it. Same thing with like a good actor or a good singer. They can't when you when you hear a singer that you really love and you feel their emotion, they, you're able to feel their emotion because they they've able to master somewhat to whatever degree their, their technical ability is, so that they no longer have to think about the technicality of it and they can actually just be the, the the song the song of yeah. them yeah and and I think that if uh, so i've been i 've been read, reading this book and reading into spiritual and I, I think anybody like that 's the ultimate endeavor is when you're when you 're trying to get better at something whether it 's cocky or or anything is you want to get it to a point where it's it 's seemingly effortless, and that 's when it becomes very enjoyable when, like people who love to take dance classes there's that feeling that you get when you just start flowing with the music It feels so good right it feels good to, to kind of master something dude to go with the flow <laughs> beautifully put man
0: you just nailed that <laughs> um yeah I, so before That's, we oh
1: go ahead no good i'm sorry go ahead
0: i was gonna say before we end this uh there, there was uh one last question i wanted to ask i guess it, it's a two-part question Um, And this is an ode to my buddy, AJ, who I mentioned a little earlier that uh, recommended Mm -hmm. me the Daily Stoic. Um, AJ gives me a call about every three months. He's an old high school buddy and he has a routine. He does that to a lot of old high school buddies. Every three months, he gives them a call. and He checks in with them.
1: A lot of talk. So he gave
0: me a call. uh, I want to say like a month and a half ago. And before we hung up, he asked me this question um, and it was, you know, if there were money, were no obstacle uh, time, you know, any, any, just any, anything that, if you could just press pause in the world, what's one new skill or trade that you maybe currently don't have, uh, but you would want to have, what, what would that be? Are you asking me? Yeah.
1: Oh, so I, that's a good question. And the first thing that comes to mind is something I've been dealing with and, um, it's not as necessarily it's something that I don't have, but it's something I never fully developed and I, I still wonder and think that I can. And that's, I never took my voice all the way. I could, I could sing pretty damn good, but I never took it all the way. I never trained it. I always had this natural voice. I could sing. It's just kind of like the, the first time I ever tried, it just came out and I was you know, pretty good. And uh, then I trained and I got better and better, but then I never really took it all the way. And one thing that I thought about was what, like I remember we were talking about what I said, when I go to the gym, I need to train myself at the gym. I thought, what if I took everything I learned about training and putting together camps and all the that stuff of boxing. And I applied that to my singing and I really took my throat? How good could I get? Right. I think that's what I, and, and, <laughs> again it comes back to what we've been talking about it's like why don't you do it you fucking like what are you waiting for
0: <laughs> well it's, yeah because why then, don't you do it <laughs> that's the second part of my question is remove the the hypothetical of, of pressing pause in the world what would you do right now in your current situation like what does that look like if you were yeah. to do that you know because obviously there's some sacrifices you're gonna have to make so what would that look right. like? can you do it
1: um yeah, I mean, I would just, I, I'm already, I've gotten to the point where I can, I get up at like four in the morning every day now. And I, you know, I maybe start my first clients or whatever at six. Um, but I like to get up at four just to do, you know, have my coffee, write my journal whatever, so sort my day out before I get, you know, and then there's always some time during the day. I just need to, to set that time aside and just start doing it like twice a day and do it like a, um, just like a fighter set up a schedule to camp and I know the certain technical aspects that need to be done. Um, and I, even now, like, uh, I don't, I, I've got, you know, I've sung, I've sung the national anthem at, um, for several, like probably five or six different top rank events now, you know, ESPN and stuff. And, um, it's like, I, I get up to, to go do it. And, 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 uh, I, I wouldn't, because it's usually with Beltran, you know, when he's fighting and I had to, you know, it's, it's, I would always say to Steve as manager, hey, be sure and ask Brad Jacobs at the top rank if I can do the Anthem again. He's like, sure, I'm sure they will. So, you know, I'd be so caught up with the camp that I didn't practice that much. But even though I'd still, I'd get out there in front of 10,000 people and it's each time i will get better and better and better. I was like, God damn it. If, yeah. I, if I keep getting better and I'm not even practicing, what happens if I practice? <laughs> right right yeah, yeah so and then i ask myself as a man as, as good good job with this question because now i'm sitting here asking myself what's wrong with you why are you practicing it? you love it
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and it's who cares if you don't make money you don't do whatever do it but i just i love doing it i love absolutely love it
0: that's important so i think
1: that's something that yeah. yeah and i think that's something that um i'm going to do yeah well, yeah, good good uh, like, I said,
0: <laughs> like I said, like I said, I'd love to, to do this again and then have a conversation with you again. And hopefully when we do, uh, you'll tell me, hey, I actually been practicing singing now and uh, yeah, I'm fucking okay. making Grammys. <laughs> getting Grammys. Yeah, right. But, uh, uh, know, at it, least
1: getting good. And I, I, I started to ask myself, well, what, what are you afraid of not being successful? And I'm like, you know, not really. Right. Because I, I, I don't really care about that. I like I would love to just be able to sing anywhere I can just whatever at any moment and just be as good as the guys that I listen to right if I could just be that good for one day it'd be, it'd be worth it right it's all the hard work if and I not can even be that good for not, just one
0: day. and not even to the audience right It's to yourself you want that to
1: no it's got to be an audience the reason is the reason for that is that I love the music so much that when I listen to it I mean, it brings up so much emotion. I get kind of, you know, I, oftentimes it brings tears to my eyes because yeah. it's so beautiful and I love it so much. So if I can share that with somebody else and they feel even just a, a little bit of that, it's amazing. Like, I yeah. love that. I love because it's a, you know, that kind of singing is, it's a beautiful um, um, mode of expression. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's it's wonderful to listen to. And if I can share that with somebody, that's the real joy in it. Cause well it's not for me to, to just do it it's to share it that's, yeah that's what I love most about it is sharing it
0: so I guess I'll ask you one question then uh, to share that is there uh, I, I, before we started recording I was telling you my, my wife's pregnant she's uh, we're halfway there now 20 weeks and uh, I've been playing a lot of classical music to our, our son that's okay. in the womb and uh i've been reading a lot about the benefits of that i always thought it was bullshit turns out it's not a lot of studies that are indicating that uh, there are a lot of benefits um but yeah so uh, a lot of classical a lot of a lot of beatles a lot of uh, sinatra i'd love to throw in another uh, artist or two in there anyone you'd recommend
1: yeah um play uh bach yeah uh, air on a uh, air on the g-string okay i'll do that yeah air on the g-string it's um that i think there's a um there's there's a, a youtube video of it where it's looped for 30 minutes yeah and it's just the most beautiful ethereal kind of um like it's just listen to it it's it's, it's wonderful i think that would maybe be very good for a child I'll do in that. A woman.
0: yeah i'll do that and it,
1: bach, bach was bach was kind of um he was before mozart before mozart before beethoven but he was the guy he was he was considered a bit more... So Beethoven was very uh, kind of um, not aggressive, but sort of very, you know, Mozart was very lighthearted and Bach was more kind of a um, very, like he was kind of very technical, almost like a mathematician in his in his, in his uh, composing. Yeah. But this one particular piece is very, it's just so, again, it's like that the, tech, the technically it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible, but then it ele- it's elevated to this ethereal kind of majestic um, heavenly sort of um, floating piece. It just feels like you're just sort of floating. But if you look at the music and you break down the music, it's just, wow, that is that is very genius.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely um, do that.
1: Yeah.
0: So. And there uh, you go. yeah, with uh, with your permission to sign out, I'd love to play at the end of this, uh, you singing the national anthem from one of the, uh, the fights. If I can get a clip of that, I'll throw that at the end of this.
1: Okay. Uh, let me. Uh, yeah, I'll find one.
0: Awesome. All right, Brian. Well, yeah, yeah, thanks so go. much, buddy. Uh, this was awesome, and I like I said, it. I, it was great. I yeah, loved I'd it. to Do it again.
1: Best of luck with your your podcast. All right, man. Thank you. Hear, we'll talk uh, soon. I hear, I hear Spotify. Spotify is looking for some <laughs> good podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Next stop, All Spotify. Right, All right, man. We'll talk soon.
1: Great talking to you. You,
0: you too. Later, bud.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, now performing both the anthems of Mexico
2: and the USA, a round of applause for Brian McComb. Mexicanos ha dicho la guerra, la sera el bridón, y retemplan sus centros la tierra, al sonoro, el del cañón. Y retempla en sus centros la tierra Al sonoro del cañón Signo Patria, tu sienes de oliva De la paz el arca en el divino Que en el cielo tu terno destino Por el dedo de Dios escribió Mas se osare un extraño amigo Profana con tu planta, tu suelo. Pienso, patria querida, que el cielo, un soldado en cada hijo de Dios, un soldado en cada hijo de Dios. Mexicanos al grito de la guerra, el hacer apresar el bridón y retempla en sus centros la tierra al sonoro rugil del cañón y retiempla en sus centros la tierra al sonoro rugil del cañón see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fights or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rockets' red glare, the bombs bursting. flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wear. Oh, the